Hello, everyone. This is Troop Scout leader Dustin Lays with Beeve in the editing room with Smoke and Dart Wall. Yep. And we just wanted to make a quick disclaimer before this episode. As we noticed uh, our audio quality, uh, it's really taken a turn for the worst. And there are some portions of this episode that were almost unlistenable. But we think we have a fix. As you can tell, my voice is silky smooth right now. We've got a gribble of an idea. We do. (laughs) And uh, I think it should fix it moving forward. But we want to apologize for this last episode with just immense crackling. Yeah, I think we've given up on the idea of it being our mixers. And I think we're hoping it's more of a computer issue, which we are solving. Yeah, we've got a workaround and we're happy to use it. But unfortunately, we didn't hear this audio before it was too late, and we'll have to just sound better in the next one. We Matanya. We Matanya. another meeting of the Order of the Straight Arrow. You have myself, Troop Scout leader Dustin Lays with Beef Wall, with me in the clubhouse today. This is Denim Smoking Dart Wall, otherwise known as the Historian. And the third member in the clubhouse today, you have myself, I'm Miles, aka Chief. Runs with bins. Thank you for joining us, boys. Excited to be back for another meeting. Quite prompt, actually, if you consider our history. <laughs> Good to be here. Recent history. Yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, so, to kick this meeting off, like we do the rest, we must begin with the straight arrow oath. So, for those of you in scout uniform, three finger salute. Those listening at home in civilian clothes, hand over your heart and repeat after the historian. A straight arrow tells the truth. A straight arrow loves nature. A straight arrow never lets their beverage get to the south end of the levee. And a straight arrow is always against Bill H.R. 57, which would allow the importation of South American propane. Can I get a round table? Wima Tanya! Wima Tanya! Oh, yeah. Double fist in there. What's your sippies on? Currently, uh, this is the beer I cracked while we were still uh, doing our preamble. It's a Filthy Dirty IPA from Parallel 49th. It's an India Pale Ale at 7.2%. And I just cracked an Electric Unicorn, which is by Phillips. It's 6.5%, and it's some sort of IPA, too, I think. It's not even before noon, and you're at the beers over 5%. I like it. I like it. Duty calls. <laughs> Mine's actually uh, quite a nutty ale. I've got the Granville Island Brewing Lion's Winter Ale. Ooh. Sticking around, hey. I, I usually fade away from that one post 
holiday season. Oh, it's still, it's, we just had the snow just got away from me. I, I'm feeling the winter ale also. I got the layer up, the Stanley Park Brewing Winter Wheat Ale. This the, is a favorite of mine. I love this one. That one is very good, very easy drinking. And we got the big three in the clubhouse today, all our favorite brands. That's that's yeah. very true. It's kind of a leftover mishmash of past uh, clubhouse <laughs> meetings, and it's uh, it's nice to see them all, all here. All four of our favorite brands. You got the Parallel Forty Nine. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think there's an. And empty... Dustin's got the jib. <laughs> I got the jib. <laughs> Let's get right into some listener feedback. Yeah, I got some shouts out this week. I recently been active again on the social media. And uh, I had a nice chat with a buddy of ours from Texas. He's actually from Garland, Texas. Mm. He was telling us about growing up in Garland when the show was fresh on the air. And, uh, and that's, that's a nice insight to get yeah. from the listener. Yeah, he's, he's, his name's William. He actually messaged us originally to, like, remind us, because I think in the last episode... We just said like Lulies was a real oh, thing. Oh, and that's not its name. No, yeah, we 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 messed up there. It's it it is Lubies. Thanks for uh, reminding us there. Appreciate that one. And I don't know if we actually discussed it before, but he sent us the Luan platter, and uh, it is just like four like main orders, <laughs> like no sides. <laughs> Any fruit pies? Or? No, there's like <laughs> like liver and onion, and chicken fried steak, <laughs> like yeah. it's. I remember talking about this before, our friend uh, Jesse from Texas. Yes. He, he brought that to our attention. But you had a good chat with this dude because my phone kept going off yeah. and it was driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty nice. It was, a, it was a nice message to wake up to. I chatted with the dude for a while there. It was, he had some cool things to say. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Our listeners probably, like, it's kind of like a roll in the dice when you message us because you really don't know who you're going to get responding. Yeah, and sometimes I'm just busy, but this one I was just, like, having a coffee down for chat. Um, but, yeah, another shout-out here. This isn't so much a shout-out as more of a, a plug, I suppose. A good friend of mine on Twitter there, uh, OptiGrab, his name is Thomas M. Willett. And if you go ahead and type that into Amazon, I bought his uh, his novel he wrote. Uh, it's Esoteric Shapes. You got it in your hands. I do. <laughs> Stories about life's meaning and other nonsense. <laughs> I, I did. I read the intro chapter, but uh, I'm going to wait to get into it. I'm, I'm I'm just in the middle of The Hobbit right now. <laughs> I'm having another read through yeah. The Hobbit. They made that off the movie, right? Yeah. 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 So then instead of watching The Hobbit, I decided I would just read the book because that movie's gone awful. It is. It's about a 10 hour read in The Hobbit. The movies are about 10 hours. Uh, and then I think, uh, Binzi, I don't know if you had a listener feedback. Um, not necessarily. I just want to say hello to our friend Brian again. He sent us some more. Uh, of his lyrics. Yeah, uh, look, I look. still think he should use the sunshine beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. And uh, also our friend Holly, she uh, she messaged us to let us know how excited that we should be for Mary Brown's opening up and that their yes. potato wedges are in fact delicious. Yeah, and, and that no one can choke down those fries without <laughs> the gravy. <laughs> um, and then finally, I do want to clear something up for our friend Sally. She had reached out to us via Instagram, and we're sorry to disappoint you, Sally. We're gonna we're gonna pull through for you, but I believe uh, the historian actually has the make and model of the bread maker from the previous episode. I do take it away. I do. Yes, he's uh, just bragging about that. But <laughs> you can't know what it is. I I made a delicious loaf of orange sweet bread, uh, which just uh, is down to the heel today. Um, but this is a, it's a Hamilton Beach. This is the premium dough and bread maker. Its model number is 29888. 
29888. Uh, this retails for 159 Canadian dollars. That's like 30 bucks American yeah. or something. <laughs> it's like 60 bucks American. No, it's probably like 120, 110 bucks American. Isn't that the exact amount we had in our merch fund? <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> I don't control that fund. But yeah, the 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 Hamilton Beach, it's great. It's got it's got four. It's you can have three different size loaves, and oh, it's. It if can, you don't know what we're talking about, listen to the previous. It episode. can make jam. Mm-hmm. It makes jam. Dustin, ask me if it makes jam. So moving on to the next <laughs> segment, it's uh, a little episode info, I believe, from our historian. Yep, the uh, episode is entitled "The Wedding of Bobby Hill." This is the 49th episode of King of the Hill. We got a milestone coming up. Almost at the big five zero. Um, it first aired on February 9th, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, this was, episode was written by Jonathan Collier. Collier? Collier? Probably Collier. Uh, sometimes called Cracklin' Jack or Cracklin' mm. John. He has written 10 episodes. <laughs> the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> Should be the name of our mixer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, zing. Yeah. He has written 10 episodes of King of the Hill. This is his third after Husky Bobby and Keeping Up With Our Joneses. We get good mileage out of Husky Bobby. I think that's like one of our most referenced lately at least. Yeah. So it's been a minute. Since he's been writing an episode, it has, that, yeah. that was that was early season two, I believe. Yeah, that's a mid. Yeah, um, he comes from the Simpsons, the Good Years, nice ninety four to ninety six. Oh, the Simi Sims, the Simi Sims, the Simi Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, and he also before that he worked on Scooby Doo. Um, and which one? The, <laughs> there's a couple TV movies that he wrote and uh, a uh, the What's New Scooby Doo. Oh TV yeah, show. the the Simple Plan one. <laughs> it was so it lame. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, they do the theme song, and it's actually fucking banging. <laughs> Yes, I, I do remember that one. I think they're in an episode, too. <laughs> I think they totally are. Um, and he, came, he went on to write Monk, and uh, he went on also for some episodes of The Good Family, Mike Judge's mm, yes. later right. show. Yes. Um, this episode was directed by Jack Dyer. Dyer directed three episodes of King of the Hill, this being his second. His first was The Final Shinsult. Uh, he has done work on The Oblongs, Family Guy, and he's gone. he's worked on The Simpsons for a long time uh, after this. So not the good years. No. <laughs> no. He went, like, started there in, like, 2000. I think he stopped in, like, 2016. Oh, okay. Um, and, yeah, that's... Uh, He's just getting a paycheck at that point. Yeah, oh, there's, yeah. there's nothing in it for the, him. Everybody <laughs> on that show is just getting a paycheck. Um, the synopsis is was a bit hard for me to write, uh, but I'm going to make it as concise as possible. After Bobby replaces Luann's birth control with candy, Bobby believes he has to marry his cousin because he got her pregnant. (laughs) We'll get into it. So opening up at the first scene, we have the guys all surrounding Boomhauer on a send-off because he has met a woman on the internet. Which is, <laughs> Imagine that. I think quite a crazy thing to do back in 1999, I feel like. I think that was the start of it. I mean, like, to be, like I've, I've, I'm a big fan of the, like, YouTube channels where they just have, like, archives of old VHS tapes. Oh, like the dating oh. ones? And then there's, like, a lot. Like, what of, color or what flavor ice cream would you be? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like... Just like a candid shots of man with shirt off, like oh, didn't see you there, Star White. <laughs> Technology is always first used to pick up chicks. Pretty much. Think about it: the electric guitar, the car. When I was 
watching this scene, it reminded me, it's something I've referenced before. I don't think we've hit the episode yet where Peggy says something along the lines of Boomhauer's longest relationship was a three-day weekend. I think I think this was his three-day weekend. <laughs> Good eye. That's, uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, and then obviously... Um, the most important issue with Boomhauer leaving is whose responsibility is it going to be to actually house sit for Boomhauer? And I don't know if you guys have house sat before. Uh, I have. I'm quite good at it. Uh. <laughs> it's a fucking pretty sweet gig. And obviously, if I was Bill, I would want to get out of my house and spend some time at Boomhauer's love pad. Boomhauer, yeah, his sweet bachelor pad. Yeah, exactly. And so Hank thinks that now that Bobby's a little bit older, he's, you know, he, he's able to take care of the house, but... I, I like that uh, Bill has like been prepping for this moment. Well, like he's a he, professional house sitter. He's, <laughs> he's got the key around his fucking neck. <laughs> <laughs> he's guarding it with his life. And uh, I like how uh, much attention and care he's going to be giving to the plants. Now, I'll take care of everything while you're away. I even made a tape of all your plants' favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's been around to know the plants' favorite songs. What are plants into? <laughs> oh, definitely Trees by Rush. I was just going to say Rush. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that, like, because, like, Bill is so excited for it. He's clearly been looking forward to it, and he gets zero say in what's about to happen. Because Hank's like, well, no, I think me and Peggy were talking. Maybe, the, you know, Bobby, Bobby can watch your house for the weekend. It'll be, a, it'll teach the boy some responsibility. And, and like, Bill's number one, like, uh, fight against Bobby is that, like, have you looked at his room lately? Like, Bill, uh, have you seen your house? I'm pretty sure your coffee table is, like, an old wire spool. Yeah. And, like, to Bobby's credit, every time we've seen his room, like, the messiest we saw it was the football episode where he just had his, like, pads and gear and stuff spread over. Either of that. It's been pretty pretty spotless for a 12-year-old boy. Dale is in this scene, correct? Yeah, he's there. Yeah, okay. He's very slowly smokes after Bill's like, have you looked at his room lately? And nobody says anything. And you just see, like, the only yeah, thing that happens is Dale just having a drag, yeah. It's just, like, because, I mean, later in the episode, this, like, he knows that Boomhauer's gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's aware at this moment, at least. Yeah. The, the end of that scene is really funny, too. Bill graciously... so petty. He graciously <laughs> accepts that he's not going to look after Boomhauer's house and hands Hank the keys. Oops. Here. Love the standoff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's good. And so now that uh, Hank has the keys, it, it, we, we understand it to be Bobby's responsibility to uh, feed the koi and water the bonsai. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I think that Hank is almost like kind of funniest in some parts in just his like physical acting where he doesn't say anything to Bill. He just frowns at him, like gets that <laughs> <laughs> until Bill just like like – picks up the keys yeah (laughs) and then we're treated to uh i'm gonna mention it probably a few times in this episode much like the last they they turned it on for the music the uh the transitions are pretty on point and judging by what we transition into uh it fits quite well Sure does. And we find ourselves at the Arlen Beauty Academy where there's free haircuts and free coffee. Right. <laughs> so the man 
that Luann is cutting the hair of is none other than... The name is Rad Thibodeaux. Here's my card, you know, so you know I'm for real. And, uh... I think the, I think the joke is funniest when you read how we, like, read the name, like, like Thibodeaux? Yeah. <laughs> By mistake. Um, so should we just get into Rad right now? Let's fucking, fucking lay get into it, baby. Into Rad. Okay, well, if you didn't recognize the voice, it is none other than our smooth-talking, southern-drawled friend, Matthew McConaughey. Now, born November 4th, 1969, he's an American actor and producer, first coming to prominence in 1993, starring in a little film called Dazed and Confused. Say, so, hey, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, I just love that Dazed and Confused continues to come up in the show. Yeah. Especially because you, like, he's a Texas native, mm-hmm. McConaughey. Yeah. He proud kn- Texan. He, and Richard Linklater, te- like, the show, the movie takes place in Texas. Like, it, it keeps coming up. And uh, he, like, his alma mater is, uh, I can't remember if it's University of Texas or Texas State. Either way, their main campus is in Austin. Mm, yeah, is that the Longhorns? The Longhorns, yeah. yeah. He's a big Longhorn fan because I've seen on like TV before, like when the Longhorns are playing USC, and USC has like such a celebrity, like star-filled like cast of people that went there, including like Will Ferrell and like you know. So yeah. it's always like you know. I almost went there. <laughs> I went to the training camp. It is. Uh, Hell yeah, you did. It is the University of Texas at, okay. at Austin, and uh, not to be confused with Texas A and M. Right, and um, something. That I kind of thought was funny. Like you know the like the name of the character. I'm sure you do in Days and Confused. Rad Thibodeaux. No, in in Days and Confused. Oh uh, no, I don't remember. Wooderson. Wooderson. <laughs> so other films during the '90s that McConaughey was in is uh, Angels in the Outfield, The Time to Kill, and uh, one of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Not a very good one. I don't know what it. it the third one? I don't know what it was. I don't like. understand that timeline, and I don't think I want anybody to explain it to me. No. Say, well, the don't, second don't, one, they eat chili. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is his only appearance in King of the Hill, um, and that pretty much rounded out his acting credits. I just think this being right at the end of it. And uh, into the 2000s, he moved into the role of Mr. Romantic Comedy, where he was also, oh, yeah. his trademark is taking his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. So there's all these rom-coms that he starred in, including The Wedding Planner, Failure to Launch, and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, just to name a oh, few. Oh, I've seen that one. I saw that one. But, Denim, you taught me a word um, when we were out. I did. And it was called the... McConaissance. McConaissance, right. <laughs> and that's in the more recent years, let's say the last 10 years, where he started to refine his role. And I actually didn't know that, but he actually stepped away from acting for two years, I guess, to like... Do some Lincoln well, commercials? Sweat be... cleanse his palate, I <laughs> yeah. guess. Like, to get away honest, from the wrong call. Like, he was becoming like a typecast, like, joke actor, kind of like... Yeah. He was like constantly in the news for like being a weird, like, bongo drummer nudist and like, <laughs> just... <laughs> Being like that guy, and I, like, yeah, that time away was was I don't know if he took acting lessons or what, but yeah. he is now like a he, great actor. He to, came he came back as a bona fide stud. To all of our bongo drumming nude listening, <laughs> do not be offended. It is not a weird hobby. <laughs> no, nah, it's cool, man. If you got it, flaunt it. If you got it, flaunt it. So like he's been in some classics in the last decade: um, Interstellar, Dallas Buyers Club, The Wolf of Wall Street, and. My personal favorite, the first season of True Detective. Oh yeah, which, nice. which oh, yeah, is yeah. which is fucking amazing. It is so 
Good. And Mud, Mud was that like Mud, right, first yes. one of his reconnaissance. But I watched a movie a few days ago. I think it was on like Monday or Tuesday or something, and it was called Serenity. And it was on Netflix, and it came out in 2019, and it stars Matthew McConaughey, and it is fucking terrible. It is so is it Firefly? bad. No, Serenity. Yeah, but, okay, isn't that the name of the Firefly movie? I don't know. Because that, yeah, that came out in, like, 2005 or something. This is Serenity yeah. 2019. Is it, it a space thing? No, it is so bad. Like, okay. It is so <laughs> fucking... <laughs> it is bad got, like, a lead space. role in it? <laughs> He is the star. Oh. And Anne Hathaway is the star. And mm, I was like... Was, I'm already over it. Oh, my God. It is <laughs> it is so bad. And it won, like, all these, like, Razzie Awards. And, like, I was reading, like, like critic reviews of it. And it was just, like, here's the first, like, truly bad movie of 2019. And it's, like, every, like, review of it was, like, this is so bad that you should watch it just to laugh at, like, how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And Anne Hathaway won an award at some, like, obscure actor's guild or something like that. And it was, like, actress most needing a new agent. because of that and like yeah like total flop it was made for 25 million it grossed like 14 million like it was just it's like and yeah you'll get it also won an award for having the most deceiving trailer because the trailer like like, what you'll see when you click on it on Netflix it's like oh like Matthew McConaughey Anne Hathaway looks like a big budget must be decent it's fucking awful don't don't watch it Um, yeah I mean they can't all be winners no, and that's a, <laughs> that's that's a loser. <laughs> and you know who's not a loser? Rad Thibodeaux. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so during this haircut, um, Rad continues to just you know talk out of his ass, and he's like, you know, Luann's is so sweet and naive, and she's just like buying into Rad's fucking bullshit scheme that I'm sure he does like. With every woman he meets, yeah, <laughs> and it's all just a scam to sell AOL CDs. Oh yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's so and to get chicks to come to his shows. Yeah, <laughs> I've too. been, I've put, I've, I've attempted to put on a couple sparsely populated concerts in my day <laughs> as a promoter, and uh, it's hard, man. It isn't, you know, like you get a Wednesday night. Uh, yes, that's uh, denim smoking dart. but uh he's like because i don't remember how the conversation exactly like heads this way but he's like luann i can tell you're a very sensitive girl and he's like (laughs) and then he relates to her as a self-proclaimed genius (laughs) you poor thing that he's often misunderstood (laughs) the scene ends out with um his haircut's finished. He likes His it. His free haircut. Oh. We can't forget. Like, that's the, that's the only reason he's there, although he says well, otherwise. No, he, he's... Just check out the scene, baby. Because she's got it going on. She doesn't know it yet. He's going to ask her out, and you, she's going to say yes. <laughs> but actually, sorry, I, I have to backtrack here quickly. There's the one line where he's like, you know, baby girl, we've been spending a lot of time talking about Rad, <laughs> yeah. but not so much time talking about sweet Luann. And she's like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> She just instantly brings up that Buckley exploded, but her hair has grown back, so she must be over it. I mean, this must help her get over that. Mm-hmm. You gotta love her. You know, I don't even have a boyfriend. <laughs> My last one, Buckley, blew up in a propane explosion. Um, I like that in this scene already. Like, Rad d- doesn't he doesn't mean boyfriend. He means lover. Because, and Luann gets them twisted yeah. later when he never proclaims her. 
He's just looking for a lover. He ain't looking for a girlfriend. You can tell he likes the word proclaimed. <laughs> he proclaims a lot of shit. He sure fucking does. I mean, I should know. As a self-proclaimed genius, I myself, Rad Thibodeox, am often misunderstood. Self-proclaimed genius? Yes. You poor thing. <laughs> so we're back to the rainy street where uh, Hank's handed Bobby the keys to Boomhauer's house and telling him that this is a big responsibility. But how come Mr. Dotry keeps staring at him? <laughs> He's proud of you too, Bobby. <laughs> uh, and we get a little like montage of Bobby uh, feeding the fish. Uh, yeah, and like I said earlier, the fucking music. Yeah, he's this cutting the bonsai tree. Um, I fucking want a bonsai tree. I know, tree. okay, I was gonna so say badly. that like after this, I now want a fish tank with kois, and I want a bonsai tree. Well, in like 2014, I saw um, a bonsai tree. Oh, I saw the movie, bonsai, uh, the, what's it called? The uh, fucking Cobra Kai 3. What's the Cobra movies? King Nick Karate, Karate Kid? Kid 3. <laughs> um, and it's all about bonsai trees, and I loved it. And I was like, I want a bonsai tree. And, like, they're, like, I mean, they're a lot of work, a bonsai tree. Are mm-hmm. they really? Yes. Yeah, was, it's uh, a lot of work. I was listening. Um, Seth Rogen was on the Howard Stern show maybe last year or two years ago. I don't remember. It was, like, a 420 thing. But he's talking about now, like, he's been become very infamous for his pottery that he makes. Like, it's oh, all over yeah. the internet. Okay. And he's, like. Twitter he, girls love it. Yeah. And he's, like, I've always had to have these, like, hobbies that, like, center me, like, you know, being an actor and doing all the, and a writer and all these things. And so, like, when he was first starting out in his career, like, the early 2000s, he was huge into bonsai trees. And he told us or told the listeners <laughs> that you can bonsai anything, any tree. And he's like, I had a little pomegranate tree that would produce little tiny, like, Wait. pomegranates. Like, and, like, it's just how you, like, continue to, like, trim, it? trim them. You're, yeah. blowing me, you're blowing my mind here. Okay, uh, do you know what my favorite tree of all time is? Uh, do you know what my favorite tree of all time is? A Douglas fir. No. Come on. That's <laughs> well, That's uh, dumb. A red cedar. Think about where we live. What's my favorite tree of all time? An Arbutus? An Arbutus! Thank you, yes. Uh, they are a nice looking fucking tree. Oh, God. And you know what? The uh, the bumpuses across the street have one right in the front of their yard, the bottom of my driveway. And I stare at it every day and just wish it was 13 feet the other way. And there's one right over at the back, just outside my property. I don't own one. and I. Own- you should see if you can get a little bonsai one That's for the clubhouse. Sweet. I like that Actually, idea. you've got a sunroom. It would probably thrive in there. You probably would, yeah. An R bonsai. <laughs> um, so that's exciting. I didn't know that. But yeah, bonsai trees, that's exciting. I like yeah. that. Um, I thought it was really great. The little care that Bobby took and He's he is a responsible individual when he's directed in what he needs to do. Well, those are the yeah. two things Boomhauer mumbles when he's yeah, like, it ain't, uh, he's like, it ain't easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's worth a dollar a day. Yeah, well, fuck, that's big money. And like, I like how he pours the water from a big vase into a little yeah. vase and then into the bonsai. Um, and then, uh, I mean, he's interrupted by the phone ringing. Oh, man, it don't dang it. Leave mess, man. I'm busy right now. Did you leave the name, number, date? And don't dang it. No one listening or nothing like that. Boomhauer, pick up. <laughs> Boomhauer, pick up. Pick up, Boomhauer. Pick. Oh, right, your way. <laughs> it's like happened like th- three hours ago. Like, Literally the same day. Like, it's got to be the same day. Dude. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I love, I love just this opening of the next 
scene is like I think it's one of the top five Bobby meme pictures. Oh, you see it everywhere. Yeah, Bobby in the sunglasses, suntanning oh, yeah. with the drink, just chilling. <laughs> He's Did being a responsible adult. Did you notice what Luann was wearing there? Uh, I didn't. Why don't you go ahead and describe it to me? But don't look at me when you do it. It was a pink bikini. <laughs> Gross. Hey, good looking. Hey. <laughs> and this is kind of when the love triangle begins between Bobby, Luann, and Rad. I mean, it kind of turns another way on that. It's like a, what is that, like a... A love isosceles? I don't know. Yeah. A rhombus? Uh, that, well, then where's the fourth point? <laughs> With Bobby, Lu- Luann, and Rad, and Rad, Bobby, Luann, Rad, <laughs> and he just circles around himself. Yeah, he does. He gets two points. And I can quickly talk about Rad's car now that Please we're here. <laughs> so equipped with novelty horn, Rad's car is believed to be a 1976 Pontiac Sunbird. Which <laughs> is like what? such a lame... Different than a Sunfire? Um, it's kind of similar to what a Sunfire turned into in like the later years. So 1976 would have been the first generation of a Sunbird. It was just like... A oh less yes, cool, I know exactly what you're talking. A about. less cool like Firebird and Zam. It was like it was designed to compete with like the Japanese like smaller cars of that era, like the Nissan 200s and Toyota Celicas and things like that. It was Nathan would drive. There was exactly a, there was a turquoise one in the shop for the entire semester, getting its timing belt fixed. <laughs> the timing wasn't right. <laughs> it just reminds me of such a car that Rad would drive and you know try and hype it up like it's some classic American muscle car. <laughs> And it's like, it was just not. That was like... Well, any that... extra money went into the horn. And that was like the late 70s. That was like the fuel shortage like that the States was going through and like muscle cars were out. Like these little like, you know, four-cylinder the cars were in. That yeah. shortage. The... <laughs> well, it wasn't a, yeah, it was a crisis. Yes. Same kind of cars that Hank drove in Jump and Crack Bass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I do have a little piece on his car as well. I have the license plate. Bobby, this is my new friend, Rad. That's what his license plate says. <laughs> so rad. <laughs> like, Bob, like, Bobby's in love. Like, that's all oh, it yeah. took. He's also, like, in this new position in his life where he's feeling responsible and... He can be man-to-man with Exactly, Rad. yeah, and he can be like, oh, like, uh, he's seeing how to live his life. Through, like, Hank showing him this new responsibility. And he's feeling, like, the prowess that Boomhauer has. He had the sunglasses on before he met Rad. That's (laughs) true. And this, like, this dialogue they have once they're in the car. And Rad's explained to Bobby how a man must keep his word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Also, why would you bring him? Like, if I was Luann or Rad in that situation, I'd be like, hey, nice to meet you, little kid. I'm out of here. Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, I could also have seen that Bobby now having the newfound confidence asserted himself and asked to come. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, what do you mean by the industry? The entertainment industry. Whoa! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the celebrity-filled world of a concert promoter in Ireland must be just insanity. It's got to be nuts. But you got to keep your word. Because the man don't keep his word. Freebies dry up like a puddle in the mud. <laughs> Whoa. But uh, I think also, you know what is actually funny that you mentioned the, the Bobby in the uh, lawn chair meme being one of the most clipped Bobby 
you know. Oh, it's in the top five. I it's think. in the top five. And then another one in the top five I also think has to be Bobby Dancing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this is a good dance With scene. those buskers. I love how it, like, he's been dancing for a minute. <laughs> like, like, this the, is the music industry. <laughs> those noises he starts making. Oh, Rad just gives him a little thumbs up there. <laughs> he's he's at an all-time high in his life so far. You, I love, like, if you notice that Luann's holding two ice cream cones while Bobby dances. So <laughs> he, he hands off his cone to Luann to bust a move for Rad. Oh, my God. But uh, following this fun-filled afternoon, we find ourselves back at the Hill House, and Bobby wants to introduce his dad, Hank. Dad! I would like you to meet a new friend of mine in Luann's. Hey there, partner. Name's Rad Thibodeau Ox. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> Here you go, businessman to businessman. Isn't that pronounced Thibodeau? Well, you know, sometimes by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> it's so funny. And then he just tries to hawk those shitty free AOL CDs so he can like, get 10 free hours of chat time. Like Hank has God. any business on the internet? No. <laughs> AOL, that was just like. MSN, right? Like that's no, what... it was. Uh, I mean, there was AOL chat. Oh, okay. But AOL was like is like Shaw. Mm. It was like, um, like oh, we okay. had Shaw cable. Like that's your internet provider. Right. But it was like a dial-up thing. I right. Believe. Right. I don't know. I got the free CDs anytime I went. My every time we went to Canadian Tire to get like an oil change, they'd give you a mitt full of AOL <laughs> free trials, and we had. Uh, Ah, oh, I I can picture it, but I don't know the name of it. But we had a different dial-up internet thing. But those AOLs, they were not around for long after <laughs> our uh, our recollection of the internet. <laughs> now, Luann has told me about you, so I know you're going to love these free CDs. AOL? Mm-hmm. And guess what? Are you sign up right now? I get 10 free hours. All you got to do is tell them it's so rad at AOL.com sent you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Rad's the one that gets the free hours. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like, so rad. How many O's are in that? Yeah, How's he, he, he going to type that? He doesn't specify. No. <laughs> I think there's like five. Like, <laughs> yeah. He'd have to go outside and look at his 1976 Pontiac <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, then, I mean... Rad is clearly rubbing off onto Bobby. Oh, clearly. Because this next scene, Bobby comes in. He's got his sleeves up. He's got a toothpick oh in. <laughs> he's like, hey, Dad, got it going on. <laughs> I got what doing what? <laughs> <laughs> Two what's in a row. Peg does not care and, for Rad. And Peggy, no, no, he does. And Peggy's like, what have you done with your jacket? And he's like, this is how Rad sleeves himself. <laughs> yeah. This is industry. Yeah. Man, I like sleeving myself like that. You know what? It's springtime, obviously. Obviously. It's such strange language, though. Like, I noticed it two times in this episode, this being the first time, and then also later on when they're at the water fountain, and Luann's like, Bobby, you could have wet Rad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. why does, like, the English language get flipped upside down when Rad uh, Tibbideox is around? It makes sense. I like that. I went, you could have wet Rad. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like you could have got water on rat. <laughs> I mean, you wet a towel, 
I mean, we're not going to get into the water wet debate right now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, 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 I think it's grammatical correct. Right at the end of the scene, Hank uh, lets it be known that he doesn't much care for that rad fella. Which I think we kind of understood pretty quick. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, they're cut from different cloths. <laughs> I like that Rad didn't change who he was at all to meet Hank. No, he's laying in their living room with his boots up on the table. It's just like, and I don't know how old he is, but he seems like he's in his 30s. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a lot older than Lou Rad. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he's clearly like, you know, he's got to go for free haircuts to get it with it. <laughs> so... Because he was losing it. I mean, if, if you're going to free haircut at the college to find out what it is, it has passed you by. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want anything to do with yeah. you. Um, but the next scene. We find ourselves at the Hotel Arlen. Arlen. It's uh, another, I think because uh, Jack Dyer directed this one. He also had the Shin Salt. The Shin Salt, they go there, don't they? Isn't that uh, where they find him? Because isn't that Yes, the that episode? is where... Uh, that is where right. Cotton is familiar with getting the ladies of the evening. Exactly. Them hookers. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back next year, so don't be jacking, jacking up, up your prices. prices. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're treated as we step into the Hotel Arlen to a jazzy little number from a very famous artist, Tom Waits. So I thought maybe I would uh, dive into Tom Waits. Last night I uh, was doing the research for this one, and I was, I, I, I figured out this was a Tom Waits song, and I. We uh, are very aware. We are very aware yeah. that you, <laughs> you got on a Tom Waits last night. Yeah, you got on so, a Tom Waits kick. <laughs> yeah, I got on a Tom Waits kick. I. Uh, so like, I mean, I've. I, I, I thought I knew Tom Waits, but then like when I was like, okay, what's a good Tom Waits song? I couldn't think of one in my head. I was like, that's crazy. So I texted my friend, who I always chat music with, and he's um, certainly struck me as the Tom Waits type. <laughs> Is he another Juggalo? <laughs> so I just said like... Don't talk shit about Juggalos, dude. <laughs> Uh, so, let me start. Tom Waits. He's born December 7th, 1949 in Pomona, California. He's a singer-songwriter and actor. With 17 studio albums, only one of which made it into the top 10 U.S. charts, that being his latest record, 2011, called Bad As Me, at number 6. The only country he got number one albums in was in Norway, twice. Weird. Yeah. Uh, none of his singles charted. Until even the last couple of years. Hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so like last couple of years is in like the last. Sorry, his last album was 2011, and oh, okay. and then like in the last 20 years. So when did his like first album come out? Like how long was he like just kind of? Ooh, his first album, I I I uh, I don't have that written down, but I think it was like 71, 70 something. I'm gonna put you on 70s. the spot. Yeah. What would you describe the average Tom Waits listener as? Homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, although he never gained mainstream success, he's widely seen as one of the most influential musicians in American music. Uh, with an instantly recognizable, deep, gravelly voice, throughout the 70s he mostly played jazz. He went on the 80s to make some very unique sounding music, taking inspirations from all over the place. A lot of, like, uh, 
American, like, standard, like, like, New Orleans, like, funeral music, to, like, vaudeville, to, like, like, all over the place. Um, I, again, I mainly know Tom Waits as an actor, but, uh, I asked my friend to suggest some Tom Waits and found out that he was not at all a Tom Waits fan. <laughs> I was surprised. Uh, his partner is, and I asked them to describe Tom Waits. They described him in the best way possible. I'm just going to quote them right here. Uh, Nighthawks at the Diner is his masterpiece of the 70s. He's like a poor man's no, a homeless man's Sinatra. <laughs> and then he becomes something completely unique in the 80s on Rain Dogs. I had to listen to both those albums, Nighthawks at the Diner and Rain Dogs. Uh, Rain Dogs was groovy, like... It's, like, way out there. There's, I like the weird, like, shit where they include a lot of random instruments, like accordions and banjos and anything else you throw at it. It all just sounds like some busking on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I put on Nighthawks at the Diner, and it is a masterpiece. It is a groovy, jazzy, like, you feel, like... How many I, whiskeys in were you? I, none, and then I put on. that I put that album on, and I... How many were you in when it finished? I think he was on Manhattans last night. <laughs> I, I started with an old-fashioned, I made some Manhattans, I had a couple vodka straights. I don't even drink vodka, but... <laughs> it's a party. Yeah. I was just wandering around, I smoked a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> I was loving it. Um, I ended up in the neighbor's yard looking at his Arbutus. <laughs> yeah. I... I was texting you guys. You guys stop responding. Answering. <laughs> Check out this song tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, but yeah, like I, I like I say, I knew him as an actor mostly, and like I always was like, oh yeah, like I knew song. I'd heard songs he did, or like covers other people did of his songs, and I always like had a lot of respect for Tom Waits. But it wasn't until last night I realized hadn't really dove into his records, um, but some of. Films you may recognize him from, uh, The Outsiders. Oh, I know that one. Great Eight Special. Cold yeah. Feet, Dracula. That's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, Mystery Men. Oh, that's a, that's touching home. And the Book of Eli. He's in like fifty movies. Um, so who was he in The Outsiders? Uh, some drunk guy. Some social. <laughs> no, better I, not have been. <laughs> I actually, I actually you stay away from Cherry Valance. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I did read who he played in it, but I think it was like maybe one of their dads or like oh yeah, something like that. Um, probably Johnny's dad. <laughs> it was some drunk <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's Johnny's dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- and personally, my most memorable acting role is from him, is from Terry Gilliam's 1991 Tour de Force, The Fisher King, Mm -hmm. where he plays a disabled veteran. Uh, It's a phenomenal movie starring Robin Williams and Jeff Bridges. Yeah, they got a cop pissing on a bookstore. Man's a pig. No excuse for that. Thank you, baby. We're headed for social anarchy where people start pissing on bookstores. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If Like, seriously, if none of you have seen this movie or heard of it, it is... uh, it is a phenomenal movie. It really is like Robin Williams' best acting role. I love Jeff Bridges. Um, Jeff Bridges, a fun fact in this movie, he wears this t shirt. Really? That I am wearing. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, it's his favorite shirt. He had to steal it from his brother. 
Hank Hank Hill playing baseball? It is not Hank Hill. <laughs> Can you believe someone was just throwing that out? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, it's a it's Kauru Beto. Uh, he's the gentleman of baseball in the Nippon Professional Baseball League. That's the Japanese baseball league. Um, I assume so. There's some Japanese lettering on there. Yeah. And you're very interested in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because my girlfriend and I were watching uh, uh, The Fisher King. And, like, he wears it in The Big Lebowski. He wears it in Cold Feet. Oh, it's a shirt that he brings around with him. Yeah, Cold Feet. Also, Tom Waits is in that. Um, mm. and, and he wore it in Tron 2, mm. whatever the heck it's called. Um, Legacy. And, sure. And, uh, yeah, and... Like, he, it's Jeff Bridges. He stole it from his brother. And, yeah, he just keeps wearing it in any film that they will let him wear it in. Nice. And, um, like, I saw it in... Um, I brought my own props. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it in The Fisher King. We and, didn't ask you to. <laughs> and I was like, is that Hank Hill? No. What? Because it does. It does it looks look like, him. like Hank Hill. It's the only comment anybody is always like, hey... Is that Hank Hill? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> For those listening at home who aren't us and can't see it, we will post this shirt on our Instagram so you can yeah, take a Yeah, or just go at... watch the movie, The Fisher King. That and if you think, hey, is that Hank Hill on the shirt, then that's a shirt. I mean, if you got enough time to listen I'm sure to if, us, if you, you literally got enough time to waste If you literally just King. type into Google Jeff Bridges, Cal Rubedo shirt, or just Jeff Bridges t-shirt, it'll come up. Um, yeah, it looks just like Hank's... Uh... Half Japanese brother, but yes. we're a long way away from Wanchiro? that. Hero, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, no, no spoilers. And yeah, and like that's always the comment. And the other comment I get is, "What does this mean?" <laughs> and um, it's it's a hard one to translate. It doesn't exactly translate, and even though it does, it doesn't make sense because it's kind of a pun. Although it's, understand. it's not really like a it's not really like a funny pun. It's like it it kind of the, these these mean. When they are put together phonetically, they sound as if like Buddha, like Buddha and it says tree also. Uh, it kind of is like the people say it's kind of means strongly influential. Um, and I've kind of just come to accept that I won't understand exactly what it means. So when people ask, I say strong as a tree. <laughs> cool. Uh, no, I get, I get that. Makes up. sense. A lot of uh, Japanese translation kind of goes over our head because I know their language speaks a lot differently than ours. Yeah, and it's the translation. a lot of it too is just like white people trying to like attach like cool phrases to Japanese, and like mm. they kind of really love their puns and intentionally misunderstanding um, words and sounds to like make a more interesting word. So, huh. yeah, it's. But it's uh, uh, my favorite Tom Waits movie. <laughs> and, and so the reason we're on Tom Waits is because that's the song that was playing in the Hotel Arlen when they walk in. Back on track. And Rad is, you know, he's treating her to Sam? something special. Oops! <laughs> Fair enough. Luann starts, like, when they get to the Hotel Arlen and she's, like, got a nice little dress on and Rad's wearing his, like, the same stuff he's wearing the whole episode, but she starts to get emotional because she never went anywhere this fancy when she was with Buckley, even though it's a free lunch f- specifically for patrons of the Hotel Arlen, <laughs> and they're not. 
and like she gets like it's so funny like like the like the parallels between like what Rad is looking for in this relationship or what he thinks of her and like vice versa with Luann where she starts crying when he offers to make her a free sandwich. <laughs> it's a, like I'll add it's a fucking cracker sandwich. Yeah, like it's, it's like it's what kind of cracker sandwich would you want? And she's like I pepperoni don't, and cheese. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes on to say the only place that she went that was this fancy with Buckley. Well, except his funeral reception. Oh, there, there, sweetness. It's different now. Rad's here, baby. Rad's here. <laughs> <laughs> Say it, Dad. Rad's here. <laughs> yeah, that fucking guy I love that. walks by. That's the dude letting him hook up the sandwiches. He's got to oh, throw it up. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I do. I do think that, like, even just the scene, like, opening with a Tom Waits song, <laughs> and this bum is taking his date here to get free little mini sandwiches. Yes, yeah, so, like, it is perfect. So yeah. So Jay lets Rad take all of his girls there for free lunches, and Rad takes Jay to free. Seven Mary Three concerts, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the Jesus Lizard, uh, I guess. And then while they're having their kind of moment on the fountain, Bobby is playing around, kicking water around, and I believe that's when he he makes an oopsie. Oops! <laughs> did you did you guys see what that fountain was for? Yes, I didn't write it down, but I read it. It was, it was the... in memorial of all Ireland, like. Like, war? Yeah, anyone who was from Ireland or the Ireland area that had died in any sort of war. And they're just playing tonsil hockey on the edge of it. <laughs> and Bobby is fiending for Rad's attention. Careful, Bobby. You could have wet Rad. Oh, Rad's cool with that. Aren't you, Rad? Mm. Okay. Um, Rad, I was speaking to you. Bobby, listen, I know you want my attention, and that's nothing I can't handle. But at the moment, I am busy with the lady. That, I'm going to pepper that phrase into my everyday speak, and that's nothing I can't handle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Bobby's, like, reasoning for why he needs to speak to Rad at this exact moment is because he's got school, and he, <laughs> and he can hang out with well, Luan. He's got school, and he has to take care of Boomhouse. He's got responsibilities. Right. And Rad's like, well, how long is Mr. Boomhouse away for? No, how long is... He away for. <laughs> he doesn't try to say Boomhauser's name. No. When he does, he says Boomhauser. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. And uh, now we find ourselves at the, the party at Mr. Boomhauser's. Where does Mr. Boomhauser keep his beers? <laughs> I want a tall one. Oh, it's settled. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I think we could all just like moving forward institute a little bit of rad into our uh, yeah. <laughs> into our lives. It would do us a lot of good. Mm-hmm. So now we're at the uh, the party of the year, and oh I, for God. the life of me, don't, Dustin and I both don't. spent hours hours sober looking for this song. And, uh, I okay, so obviously, I mean, I'll play the clip. There's talking over it, which is why you can't Shazam it. That they're. The, the lyrics yeah, are I should say li- several times. Yeah, no I think result. because he says Jeremy, Pearl Jam kept coming up. Makes sense. <laughs> well, you guys searched and searched and searched, and um, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to find it. And I was going to shit my pants yeah. because 
Okay, so I did take a deep dive too. I looked through Reddit pages, anything about this. Uh, oh, you did. But I, I yeah, yeah. I, also yeah, I came looked up through by... IMDb soundtrack. I looked by googling the lyrics, and for the life of me, all that came up was Mike Posner, cooler than me. Uh, yeah, that there's... sucks. Yeah, and Kesha. The, kept yeah, coming up because there's so many lyrics. Like the lyrics in the song. Um, they are basically saying that like I'm cooler than a man, cooler than you. Like it's it's awesome. And then there was some interpretation, but I like, checked the uh, like the ending credits too, and it was like if you think if it was an original mm, King of the yeah. Hill song, it would be like written by so and so. You want? But it, it, it there was nothing. nothing. It was it was it was fleeting as hell. Nothing, and so. I like, and then I started to go down a rabbit hole, and I started to do the sound alike because. Well, that's when I got to Tom Waits. Fair enough. <laughs> I there's this one part, and it'll probably be in the clip. It's uh, between uh, Rad and Luann talking, where Rad says "why," and then you can hear well, the it singer. Breaks down. Yeah, it breaks down, and then you hear the singer kind of bring it up a notch, and it kind of reminded me from Dexter uh, from The Offspring. And so I went on an offspring tangent and I listened to their first five albums between, <laughs> I think it's 1990, whatever, 89, 89 and so then let me, 99. Let me get this straight. Last night, Denim was drunk. No, it's 96. Isn't, because Smash is 94. Yeah, That's I listened up to fair. Americana, 99. Oh, okay, okay. So because at the same time Denim was wasted, swaying around the living room, listening to Tom Waits, <laughs> you were just a block away. <laughs> I, yeah, and then I woke swaying up. Swaying around to the offspring. I woke up to your texts about the offspring, and then I had to put on the offspring as I so wandered true, around swaying true. in my living room. Insert la. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to let you, listeners, uh, I have the whole party scene. I also wanted to mention that while you thought on The Offspring, I was thinking more like that last gasp of hair metal. Like Steel Panther? No. Like where they were trying to be less hair metal, where they all just wore black but still had the hair. And they tried They tried to be more metal, like stuff like uh, Skid Row, or uh, like, uh, uh, like a fast, favorite. faster pussycat, <laughs> great white. Like, that uh, stuff yeah. that was, like, a little after the, like, the glammy hair metal, mm -hmm. but, like, still not real metal. So I'm going to play it for you. We might skip through uh, a little bit of the audio to show you more of the I music. I do like uh, Skid Row, just for the record. I'm like, I'm like, I will okay I said family it. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about that comment, but, man. But here, but here it comes. Listen in, and we do want your opinion. Please, if you can help us find this. I mean, it's not Metallica. You know what? I'm putting this out here right now. I care enough about this that if you find this song and you send it to us, I will send you a t-shirt. I will do that. All right. Please see you. Enjoy the music, guy, and the free food. I'll go put this on the bed. Whoa, 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 whoa. You better not do that. Now, Jeremy's in there. He is busy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> in the meantime, you know, I am feeling kind of thirsty. My beverage is on the south end of the levee. You know where Boomhound keeps his spare stash? I'll get his number from Bobby. We can call him and ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to you. Hi. Does Boomhauer know about this party? Uh, does he need to? Yes. Why? <laughs> this isn't fair. I'm not a self-proclaimed genius, so I don't know. It does sound like Dexter, actually. Thank you. It's um, kind of like a... Just the voice, but I don't think that guitar is... No. The music ain't... That's not punk rock. 
I know, but like just the voice. Yeah, it, really it got did me that there. like one note there sounded yeah. like a Dexter note. Oh, thank you. Okay, thank you. I didn't hear fucking it. You don't want to make me and Mr. Boomhauser look like Boomhauser. Rad is such a chump. Like he is a chump. How cheap is a case in Al- a case of Alamo in 1999 in Texas? Dude, in Texas today like, it's cheap. Like four bucks. <laughs> Fuck all. And that's the good shit. Yeah. I mean, he's also fucking like he takes a date out. Like you could take a date to Whataburger, I'm sure, <laughs> and pay 15 bucks for two max. Ooh, I want Whataburger. <laughs> Don't even start me on that. I want it. Yeah, I, it's my biggest regret of going to Texas and not getting Whataburger. Yeah, you fucked up real bad. I watched bad. a bunch of videos. Where's the closest Whataburger to me? Texas. That's so far away. Or possibly some other southern state, but if you're going that far, you might as well just go to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, I looked it up, there's a What A Burger. Not the same. It is the same, it's just not the same. They have a, a deal, they're in like the Carolinas, I think. And they have a deal with Whataburger that they won't use the same colors, but I believe they use the same ingredients. Oh, so it is the same. But it's not. You need the orange and white. Fair enough. So when this pandemic's over, we'll take a trip to Texas. Is it sorted? Settled? We yeah. Need, we need to sell like a thousand more stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, let's take a vacation. Okay, yeah. Well, let's, uh, we'll rent a big old caddy and head down there. Ooh, big old caddy. I like this. I like this. This, I like. This that, I like. How about we just rent the caddy and drive it to Seattle and then fly to Texas for like 200 bucks? <laughs> or that. Or we'll just rent a caddy when we get to Texas. That's actually Ooh. a better idea. With horns on the front. Yeah. Either way, centering back to the the party, uh, Luann um, is starting to get wise to old Rad when he starts asking about Boomhauer's liquor and he starts asking Luann where he keeps it. And Luann's, you know, she's like, it's what we heard the clip. And she attempts to break up with Rad, but he had never proclaimed her to be his girlfriend. Welcome, buddy. Enjoy the music and the free food. I will not. <laughs> it's it's super funny because like, well, it's it's not that. Fun. It's more sad than anything. Like the where Luan's like, you're not the rat thibodeox that I fell in love with, and he's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, hold on now, baby. God never proclaimed you to be my girlfriend. Yeah. And that's when she storms off and comes back with Uncle Mister. Hank. Mr. Hank Hill, and uh, and then we're uh, treated to a little uh, a little clip of Hank kind of breaking up the party. Yeah. Welcome, buddy. Enjoy the music and the free food. I will not. <laughs> you get out of here, you too, and you too. This is a smoke-free house. And and of course, as Hank's breaking it up, we are treated. To a little backyard scene of our boy Bobby. Oh, Bobby! And he being this is this has got to be the the, the highest of the highs that we've ever seen Bobby in his confidence. Oh my God, it's amazing! Whoa, crazy oh, the only thing hotter than this tub is you two ladies. That's rad. Uh-oh. That's rad. That is rad. That's so rad. So rad. And Hank just yanks him out of Yeah, he's like in his underwear. You made this decision. <laughs> you gotta live with it. Dad, I'm in my underpants. Yeah, that was your decision. You got to live with it. <laughs> and 
Those honeys giggle at him as yeah. he's getting hustled out of there and his gaunchies. That That's right. And I mean, then, that's the appropriate uh, response to that. <laughs> and then, uh, obviously, the next scene, we, we do see that uh, Bobby is getting absolutely reprimanded and, and ripped out by Peggy and Hank both. I love how the scene starts when, like, Hank's like, look at this place, and Bobby's picking up this bra that's yeah. on the floor. I just love that there's pizza everywhere. Yeah, like in the fish tank. <laughs> yeah, there's pizza hanging off the TV, there's pizza hanging off the fucking VCR, there's... Now, this episode was... I don't know about you guys, when I have a party, the pizza is eaten. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I won't lie that I did have... I've had one party in my life, and it was a St. Patrick's Day party, and uh, we had several parties when you lived at my house. No, but like this is my party. Oh, <laughs> this is my. We deep fried. When you had that St. Patrick's Day party, I brought my deep fryer out. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> Whose older brother is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a big hit. Everybody was excited to deep fry some pickles. Oh, that is true. You know, I kind of forgot about the parties at your house mainly because I this wasn't was that, conscious. This was <laughs> when you threw a party in par- at Mom's. Oh, Mom's. okay, okay, sweet. The St. Patrick's Day one. Yeah, so that one, again, most parties I throw, I don't remember. And <laughs> this one, uh, I obviously didn't remember that there was, like, a whole pizza crust, like, with it, like in between the couch cushions that I found, like, weeks later. <laughs> we deep fried it. <laughs> <laughs> I know we all like to pick our favorite lines from the episode, and this episode was jam-packed of one-liners, but this particular scene I've it's been saved in my phone as a, as a meme for like, since I <laughs> yes. got my first iPhone. Twelve years old and drinking a beer? I didn't even like it. Well, now you're just trying to get me mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> that is fucking solid, right? Oh, it's so. Because he was what, twelve years old? That and drinking a beer. When yep. did when uh. did you, when did you first like have your first like full beer like unattended by a parent? Twelve years old. And I was the the water boy for the for the Nanaimo Clippers, and we were on a road trip. Good for you. And they won all three games, so the coach bought two flats of beer, and I had my first beer. Yeah, maybe thirteen, maybe twelve. It was summer, and we were camping. I know that. Was that like uh, at Quadra Island? Yes. Yeah, I think that was my first time too. Where you guys had that big Texas. You had one. No, but <laughs> how old you were you? You already been eight. No, <laughs> sorry. So when I was twelve, and we did that camping trip every year. Yeah, no, no, no. But there was one time in particular when we like we went and rounded up liquor, just loose ends, <laughs> and we found a little tree out in the trail, and we like dug under it and stashed all the booze there, <laughs> and then like went back after the parents went to bed. And found it and <laughs> got real drunk. Yeah, that uh, that campsite, I guess, it brought out the the best in both the wall boys. I mean, you're you're stuck on the fucking hippie island for six weeks. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. that's a long time. You bike jumping gets pretty boring after a while. <laughs> I mean, I did almost I, I did almost break a wrist. <laughs> but at the end of this scene, we see Bobby get punished. Your father and I are replacing you as Boomhauer's house sitter, and we'll be keeping the $1 a day for our sale. If they take away his suitcase full of props. Fine! I can do my comedy without props. So, you ever notice how... how... you can't take away my props! 
Because of you, I'm propless. Hey, you can't throw those out. This CD is all I've got left of Red. He didn't give it to you, Bobby. He gave it to me. <laughs> so uh, what you just heard there is Luann and Bobby. They're in uh, Hank's den, a.k.a. Luann's room, and she's sobbing, throwing out. And like one of the things she throws out is an autographed frame picture of Rad that he had given to her and like a couple roses and a whole bunch of AOL CDs and yeah what you heard Bobby comes storming in and he has no sensitivity to what Luan just lost he only cares about what he just lost and his relationship with Rad and also his suitcase full of props exactly because uh, like we learned Luan was in love with Rad mm -hmm. but Bobby loves his props more and um, AJ even part of his inner circle. You were just a hanger-on. Take that back. Like AJ. <laughs> <laughs> is that a is that a Backstreet Boys refi? Uh, so, uh, actually, uh, Alan Neil Jones, born June second, nineteen seventy-seven, is an American professional wrestler currently signed to the WWE, where he performs on the Raw brand under the ring name AJ Styles. He has, oh, is this the wrong AJ? You guys are looking at me weird. I think you talked about the wrong AJ. No, this is, must be it because he has actually three sons and one daughter. Uh, one son is AJ, the other is Avery Jones, and another one is Albie Jones. So wait, why does that make that a yes? And his daughter <laughs> is Annie Jones, so they're all AJ. So it's like the George Foreman effect. So yeah, he was he was a devout Christian. He stated that in his life, it's God first and family second. So wait, why is he hanging around? Well, he's a huge fan of Christian hip hop music. He boasts he can school almost any rapper on the genre's history. I know about T Bone. <laughs> so this this is not a Backstreet Boys or an Insane well, thing. Well, like I mean, because the Backstreet Boys they got pretty famous in like ninety eight, ninety nine. So this would be a pretty hot refy at this point. Yeah, like to rip on them, I would think. Yeah, like wrestling is huge, and AJ Styles is a huge name within At this wrestling. Point? Uh, I don't know, but I know that I love AJ Styles. He is fucking dope, and if you wanted to, you can check him out. He streams under the username Styles Clash <laughs> on Twitch. Well, so throw, check out AJ Styles. Throw some sleepy dogs in the chat. This sounds like bullshit to me. Yeah, it was the first AJ that came up. <laughs> I wasn't gonna look any farther into it. Like, I kind of like. I thought it was a. a a Backstreet Boys refi, because that's AJ. He's the goateed one, correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know. I actually looked up the Backstreet Boys, and none of them said AJ. I think there was one that was like TJ or something. Oh, there's and not one AJ in Backstreet There wasn't Boys. an AJ. So Who's I... the one? Who's the goateed motherfucker? Actually, sorry. I looked up NSYNC. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like next episode's listener feedback is going to be flooded. <laughs> yeah, AJ McLean. <laughs> yeah, I was just doing a fucking bit, man. <laughs> Okay, well, so was AJ. Um, yeah, I didn't want to talk about the Backstreet Boys. Described on Wikipedia as an American singer, songwriter, actor, dancer, and hanger-on of the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> That's all we need to know. That's all it is. So Bobby visits Dale and asks him very... Uh, covertly. If... State your purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Gribble, I'm having a problem with Luann. Do you know anything about getting even with people who have done something bad to you? Uh, no, Bobby. Nothing at all. 
<laughs> As he uh, motions in, in to the Gribble house. And we get a like quick little montage of all of the things that Dale has taught him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one is to remove the hair sp- or the hairspray logo and label and put it on to the air horn. Mm. Lu- and we get Luann doing her hair with the spray, and then she shrieks. Continues to use it <laughs> as if this is just the side effect of the hairspray. <laughs> Bobby's just playing solitaire in the living room. And she gets, uh, oh yeah, like James Bond. When he sets the trap, he just sits there and waits and plays Klondike solitaire. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the uh, but Luann goes straight for the jugular on this next one. Yeah, she really does. She <laughs> she, she feigns gardening. Yeah. <laughs> I know, in the like, middle of Hank's yard. I mean, come <laughs> on. That's the thing. Peggy would have seen that and said, "You're getting kicked out." Yeah. If like, if you're digging holes with a little trowel and freaking Hank, in the middle of Hank's beautiful lawn. Oh God, savagery, and, right? But she just yeah, she cuts open the top of Bobby's little beloved fruit pie there, fills it with. Dirt. The little Debbie's a little dirty. And we find ourselves at dinner, and I guess they're all having dessert. Hank looks like he's eating some sort of, I guess, vanilla ice cream because it's just a bowl of white something. And <laughs> Lazy. <laughs> Maybe pudding. Maybe. And uh, Bobby coughs and chokes and spits out that little clump of dirt. <laughs> Cut it out, Bobby. No one's laughing. I didn't do it. Bobby, we just saw you spit dirt all over. Why would I put dirt in my own fruit pie? My own fruit pie. Why you do a lot of things is a mystery to me. <laughs> I mean, his his suitcase of props was taken away. Maybe this is a new prop. Yeah. And, like, Hank thinks that his bit is spitting out the dirt when he says it wasn't me. He's like, I just watched you. <laughs> yeah. Like, the next prank is uh, Bobby heads into Luann's closet, cuts the, makes her jeans into assless jeans oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> If I find out that this was you and not a laundry accident, I'm going to be really mad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a smoking dart favorite. (laughs) 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 Love the laundry accidents. (laughs) And then uh, we see Hank and Peggy in the next scene as this prank war is happening. Uh, They are in Boomhauer's house. They're still cleaning up. And they head over to the master bedroom. Oh, it's so funny. Isn't there's this like, good? But there's like, like there's a giant framed photo of his Dodge Coronet. There is a hubcap <laughs> <laughs> on the wall. It's just like such the man, like bachelor pad. I think Corn has his last hubcaps. <laughs> <laughs> stuck on his wall, but that's out of safe for safekeeping because there's somebody who's a known hubcap thief. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> you look kind of guilty. <laughs> Just call me call me Donny Hubcap. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the final item in the room that they they land upon is of course the most uh, interesting, which is a camera in the bedroom. <laughs> this is kind of fun. <laughs> This is Hank Hill with the news. <laughs> <laughs> you are terrible. I love Hank, like, after Peggy says that, and she just kind of boogies and he just sits there for a second, smiles to himself in the recording, <laughs> like, completely glazing over, like, the pornos that yeah. Boom Hauer's making. He thinks and... it's just like, you know, when you walk into a Walmart and you're being filmed. And you're hey, look at yourself. me. <laughs> it's just like that. 
the the scene after that, Bobby's sleeping, trying to sleep, mm. and he realizes that his pillow is glued to his face. And then we find them in their they're in the hills washroom, and Hank has got like some sort of ointment or something on like a little cotton ball, and he's picking off these you know pieces of pillow that are super glued to Bobby's face. And he goes on to say, "You're starting to become a handful, Bobby. Nobody likes a handful." And this is where Bobby kind of goes, you know, he takes it to the next level where he sneaks into Luann's room. He hi- He's hiding under her bed as she leaves to go wherever she's going. And he goes out there and he steals her birth control pills, mm-hmm. heads into his room and starts gnawing on some sweet tarts and <laughs> filing them down to fit into her little birth control uh, container very elaborate and like I don't know at 12 years old do you think you knew what like birth control was did like the... yeah so he knows what he's doing because I don't <laughs> think he does I think you're taught uh, at 12 yeah that if like a girl stops taking birth control she gets pregnant <laughs> yeah definitely well I don't know it is yeah like well because we know that Bobby's already had the sex ed lesson and I'm thinking it's and because that's it was from Peggy yeah I mm-hmm. think that's why he's not. Yeah, fully you're right. It is America. It is America, and birth control is like borderline criminal in America. <laughs> um, Can I talk about sweethearts for like a quick second here? Uh, well, only if you can talk about the zygomazoos. Uh I don't have anything on the Zygomazoos, but sweet sweethearts are a sweet and sour candy invented in 1962 by. Menlo F. Smith, CEO of Sunline Incorporated. The candy was created using the same basic recipe as Pixie Sticks and Fun Dip. Flickamate. They just added water. (laughs) Flavors of sweet tarts are cherry, grape, blue punch, green apple, and lemon. Retired flavors are orange in 2013, and green apple was originally lime up until 2002. What about um, bottle caps? Are they in the same uh, company? I didn't get into that because they, or I didn't see that, so they must not be. What were sweet tarts originally called? Rockets? No, that's. They were always sweet tarts. Rockets are Smarties, and Smarties are Rockets. No, Smarties is what they call in the States, we call it Rockets. I think sweet tarts. That's correct. But they call rockets Smarties in the States. Sorry, they call Smarties rockets in the States. Really? Yes. Well, then what do they call M&M's? What do they call rockets uh, in the States? At least we can agree What are you something. calling a rocket here? Like the... The little powdery candy... They call them Smarties. ...sleeves. Weird. Those are Smarties in the States. They barely have what we call Smarties because those are British candy. Oh, okay. Uh, Cadbury is like a... It's not... It's a terrible version of M&M's. Yeah, right. they're not very good. No, I know. I, I know. Yes, for our listeners, okay. it's a terrible yeah. version of M&M's. But in, if you <laughs> yes. can find them in America, they're called Rockets. Weird. And it's because the Smarties brand is what we call Rockets. Right, right. Yeah. So they, whatever, the Sunline Incorporated was, like, bought out right away after the success of, like, Sweet Tarts, whatever other candies so they're making. So they're not bottle caps, eh? No, no, no. Because I fucking love bottle, bottle caps. Bottle caps are, like, a nice carbonated version of those exactly. terrible powdery candies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They taste like root beer chip mm-hmm. and grape soda. But eventually Sunline ended up being Nestle, and Nestle kind of just closed down everything they did because they didn't need them. <laughs> yeah, Nestle's a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love this, uh, that that Hank and Peg are now living it up as bachelors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For a dollar a day, they're drinking uh, Alamo out oh, of a flute. Oh, the champagne flutes. <laughs> I love it. So. They're just in the, in the hot tub. Dale thinks that he can get involved. If this is wrong, I don't want to be right. Couldn't help hearing the bubbles. Mind <laughs> if I join? <laughs> oh, dear Lord. 
Get the hell out of here, Dale. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that this is what Dale was calling Boomhauer for earlier. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, do you think that Dale just wants to be the third wheel for all of Boomhauer's honeys he brings of the bubbles? It's either that Maybe. or it is Nancy forcing him out of the house. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Why don't you go see what Boomhauer did? But also, like, what the hell is Peggy talking about? What is so wrong with drinking beer in a hot tub? <laughs> like, if this what? is wrong, she doesn't want to be right? Yeah. I mean, I know a few people that will tell you that you can die from drinking in a hot tub. Yes. Uh, I, had, I had an old manager who, anytime that you brought up a story, like, the story would start out funny, you were having a great time, we were drinking in the hot tub, he'd be like, wait. <laughs> I know somebody who died from drinking in a hot tub. And just kill the mood. And it's like, all right. It's like, all right. right. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you're forgetting one thing, though, Miles. They aren't just in a hot tub. They're in a love tub. That's right. And it, <laughs> that is such a sweet setup with, like, the wood-paneled hot tub yeah. that, like, is level with the edge of the deck. And, like, oh, Boomhauer has got it going on over there. Hot tubbing. What, you know, that's my, uh, that's my, like, 10-year goal mm-hmm. is to install a hot tub out there. Oh, I'll then, be, I can I'll, stop, then I can stop bugging Dustin. <laughs> I'll be there. It's going to be glorious. We're going to have three barbecues. <laughs> one spit, one charcoal. And of course, the propane. <laughs> Fuck the mesquite. This scene has like three different parts to it. And while they're kicking Dale out of the hot tub for what they think is the first time, or the first time, mm-hmm. uh, we see Luann come out of the out of the Hills house, and she is in a tizzy. She's in a panic, and now she is also like in on this gag like to, yes. pr- to prank Bobby and this is when she starts to tell or starts to describe to him that since she didn't take her birth control pills she is now pregnant I should have known when they started tasting sweet like candy <laughs> <laughs> this isn't funny Bobby oh I disagree you don't understand every woman has to take a birth control pill every day or else they get pregnant I have a question unless you really want to cut me off um now, this is a genius prank for Luann's level That's where I was of in. knowledge. Do you believe that she starts out this as a prank? Or does she genuinely believe that if she doesn't take it every day, she will get pregnant? I be- The latter. Like, <laughs> she's not in on it until Hank and Peggy spill it to her that you're not pregnant. No, yeah. no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite. Because she takes it and she goes... Sweet tarts. Yeah, like she knows she right does. away it's, it's it's candy. Yeah, but but it is it is very that she's aware that it's candy. But she, I think she also thinks that if she doesn't take a birth control, she no. There's in a couple scenes later where she's like, she I only took, I it took it to for my whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hank doesn't yeah, let her get it. Okay, all right. But it, okay, well she's stepping it up and like I mean I, I didn't expect that out of her. Yeah, it's a bit. There's a lot in this episode. There's foresight that, involved. Yeah, I mean. She didn't know what self-proclaimed genius meant. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. She's self-proclaiming pregnancy, which, of course, makes Bobby, uh, he's freaking out. He's like, well, just take two. <laughs> and uh, he, he runs into Hank and Peggy in the hot tub and just rocks their world. <laughs> There's only one way to teach Dale the meaning of no. Mom! Dad! I've gotten Luann pregnant. Kick his ass. He's picking up that little statue. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have his glasses on, so he's, like, fumbling for it. I forgot about that little statue. <laughs> <laughs> so tacky. Little, I love it. I like that. That's, that's almost funnier than the fucking 
sting that Bobby puts on. God, right I can't before, wait to have a hot tub installed like that. Right before commercial. I can't wait for you either. <laughs> I love a good love tub. So in the next scene, we see um, the... The Hill parents uh, having a talk with Luann, you know. And like, they were just having such a great time for like half a second in that hot tub. <laughs> Dale interrupts them, Bobby interrupts them. Now they're out of the tub back at their house having to give their adult like live-in niece exactly. a well, talk. I love Peggy's line. You mess with his fruit pies. After that, he had nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. It, it really is. That's 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 as close to Bobby as you can get. And because I like when I was like, he gets grounded essentially, and they take away his props. And I remember like when I would get grounded as a kid, the first thing was always dessert. They got taken away. Ooh, it was like you don't get dessert. dessert. So yeah. Bobby, he still gets his dessert. Like they're not going that far. And then Luann messes with his like yeah. what he's got for the yeah. next however long. And so, um, obviously... Mine they... was video games. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's heartbreaking. Um, so, obviously, they're, like, they're getting upset with Luann, and Luann is, like, immediately going, like, I'll, I'll rectify the situation. I'll tell Bobby right now, mm-hmm. and well, it'll be all okay. And they're like, well, hold on. We need to teach Bobby the meaning of responsibility, and we yeah, need to teach him a lesson. They take a very indirect route to giving him shit for screwing over... Boomhauer's house like a, a couple scenes ago. <laughs> exactly. And uh, obviously they, they let her in on the joke of like, you know, we got to make we got to make Bobby go through with this. We got to teach him. So just play along with what we got going on. And then we get to see Hank in the next scene kind of let mm-hmm. Hank acting. I like watching like Hank obviously acting when he's coming in to see. Uh, yeah. Bobby's in his room. Like yeah. he's not doing anything. He's just sitting in his chair with like staring up at the ceiling. And uh, Hank's like pretty big screw up, huh? <laughs> I feel bad about it, Dad. Well, heck, we all make mistakes. The point is you can make up for them. Really? How? By doing the right thing, of course. You're going to have to marry Luann. But I'm only 12 years old. <laughs> And but it's like it's like she's also your like first blood cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think uh, I mean I think the historian will probably have more knowledge than I. Yeah. Do we want to jump into this now? I think this would probably be the time to talk about like Texas, nineteen ninety nine, marrying your cousin. We we might as well because I grouped kind of like three scenes into this one talking point because they were kind of quick. Exactly. Okay, so that's so what's going on so here. this this involves. That scene and um, Hank setting up for the wedding, Bobby trying to get out of the wedding. So this is a great time to talk about it. So, um, yes, uh, the Texas marriage laws. So Texas has set a hard age for marriage at 16 in 2017. What? Texas. Why why was that so recent? Uh, well, Texas used to have the second highest child marriage rate. Children as low as 12 were often married off. And there is many disgusting stories of registered sex offenders. I thought that was only a gypsy thing. Marrying children. There's some overlap there. Um, <laughs> apparently, most of the country allows boys as young as 14 and girls as thir- young as 13 to be married. Um, it's been tried to be repealed uh, several times, but the Republicans continuously shoot that down. Why? Because... Don't, I'm not asking. Yeah. Don't tell me. Um, what are you, a fucking libtard? Yeah. 
<laughs> Dude, you just got owned. <laughs> so um, sick of you liberal hippies interfering with my Literally, book. though, literally, though, the arguments are that uh, when, like, when they have to argue Sorry. it is they're cited that if children do not have to be married when they're pregnant, they're more likely to get an abortion. Fuck. That's the argument. Yep. Uh, Texas doesn't allow first cousins to marry, though. Yeah, I, I actually, I did do a little research and I yeah. read that. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> a lot of states, you're not allowed to marry your first cousin. Or your second cousin. Yeah, even less. Um, states, you can marry a first cousin, just if you're shopping. Um, Alabama, <laughs> Alaska, California, Colorado, Wait, Connecticut, Florida. The big C's. Georgia. <laughs> this is alphabetical. Not surprised by Florida. Uh, District of Columbia, Hawaii, Maryland. Massachusetts, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, mm -hmm. except in the rare case of a double first cousin. You can't marry that. Mm -hmm. uh, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. These are states you can... I didn't hear Washington in there. <laughs> <laughs> Washington, no. Uh, these are states you can, if one or both parties are over a certain age, that age is 55 to 65, depending on the state... Um, and or either party is infertile. These are Arizona, oh Illinois, God, Indiana, disgusting. Utah, and Wisconsin. Jump on it. <laughs> Jump on it. Jump on it. Uh, Minnesota only allows certain types. I don't understand what that means. Certain types of first cousins to be married. I think it's a race thing. I think it's a race thing. Both cousins have to be really good at football. <laughs> um, and Indiana only cares if you're 65 or older. You can oh get my God. What the fuck is that about? Texas like, is a no across the board of any fuck. distant cousins. Adopted cousins, out-of-state cousins, or cousin kissing is also illegal in Texas. Many yeah, states. You get put on a list. Yeah. <laughs> um, they do, Texas, the only one that they allow is uh, to marry a cousin once removed. Do you know what a cousin once removed is? Yes. Cousin by marriage? No. So I was under the misinterpretation as well. And so a cousin once removed is like the next generation of cousin. It's so it's like your so cousin's, cousin's kid. Uh, yes. offspring, yes. That's fucking weird. Um, so you can you can get down with that. Yeah, in Texas. Oh, wow. In Texas. In Texas. Oh, I think I'm going to uh, stay up here. Now, I, I, I understood last time I, I called out uh, the United States for something I thought was a bit uh, archaic in their beliefs. I didn't, however, look into the Canadian side of it. And I did in this case. Okay. Across the country, it is legal to marry a cousin, a niece, a nephew, aunt, or uncle since 1990 in Canada. What the fuck? Wait, we're okay to do it? Yes, we are. And so I we're read. We're fucking pigs, too. I read the argument. Uh. I read the argument. And I understood what they were saying. Because the argument against it was normally like. Well, the example they used was uh, Pakistani, but like many other cultures, I guess, do it uh, to very many degrees. They immigrate here. We don't want to fuck up their culture. Uh, yeah, and they <laughs> were saying. Cool. And so they were saying that the, arg the argument was that like it was used culturally, and they said that the science of risk Peace and, and love. The science and risk of defect is actually very low, um, it's outdated. 
I'm not disgusted by the science of it. I mean, I am, but no, the but that's moral. What they say. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up for sure. Morally, I will agree with that. But like the the science that everybody was using was saying that it, it's such a high risk of defect. But the risk and defect is only one to two percent higher than that of non cousin relationships, and that is two to three percent. So you're looking at a max five percent risk um, of defect on the in- inbreeding in spectrum. Inbreeding, yes. Uh, inbreeding with a cousin, not a sister or something like that. Come on, why'd you have to say that? Well, because that's <laughs> where you go next. Um, they, yeah, they said that they only use this to discriminate against other cultures and that it's just an outdated understanding of genetics. I don't understand genetics. I just read an article from the CBC and uh, I, I got to trust the CBC. Well, I'm glad that you looked at both countries, because I don't think that would have been fair of us to scoff at all these states that <laughs> yeah. allow it when our own country also does it. It allows but... it across the board. Do you want to hear about the age? In Texas, you must be at least 18 to marry without consent. Persons that are over the age of 16. I thought all marriages need consent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big part. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, there's some blood tests required. Also, cool. Um, and the only way you can, and you have to wait seventy-two hours after applying for the license to get it. Unless what? That's absurd. <laughs> seventy-two <laughs> hours. Um, what? So you don't yeah. do it drunk. <laughs> Um, unless the applicant is a member of the United States Armed Forces on active duty. Mm, they get a pass. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's uh, that's that was what I that's that's my that's my and um, dive just, into that. Just just to clarify, what was the percentage of defect? It was five no, max no, five. But the individual percentages, it was without. Yeah, it was k- k- kiss and cousin. It was a uh, one. one, two, three. <laughs> If any of our listeners are married to their cousin, you'll be five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, reach out to us if you are. Tell us about it. Yeah, <laughs> tell us how you met. Uh, yeah, please don't. Uh, <laughs> just before we jump to the fun center, we saw Hank setting up for the wedding of Bobby Hill, and we also see Bobby sneak into Luann's room, and he's like, hey, Luann, like, you know, this is bullshit. I'm not doing this. And then that's when she screams. <laughs> Uncle Hank, Bobby's trying to not marry me. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> but now we are at the greatest bachelor party you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. man. I fucking just love arcades. They're the best. I know you do. But uh, obviously, uh, this time at the Fun Center, Bobby is a lot less excited than the last time. And I can't believe it because of like the elite posse that Hank assembled to join Bobby at his last free night as a man. <laughs> it includes Bill Dotrief and Dale Gripple. Yeah, I, Joseph ain't even there, which weirds me out. Well, I... I thought about that too, and it must be because Joseph would be like, "Wait, you're marrying Luann." They don't want to get. He that doesn't. He doesn't want maybe. him in on the joke. Yeah. yeah. Well, Joseph would have some fun at the fun center. I know Bobby wasn't. He barely touched his Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, what kind of bachelor party is this? Better live it up while you can before the wife is after you to watch the waistline. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yep. Do you have that little toast that Dale does? This is the last free night of your life. To Mr. and Mrs. Bobby Hill, 
May their marriage be every bit as wonderful as mine is. And as mine was. <laughs> <laughs> we see salad doesn't have to have salad in it. I love how, like, no matter what or where the episode takes us, Bill can say one sentence and just kind of, like, center us right back to where he is. Yeah. That, that's so true, and, and obviously this this bachelor party isn't anything that Bobby would have expected it to be because he doesn't want one. He doesn't want none of it, and what he wants to do is go talk to Connie. Which is kind of, I thought was like a little bit cute, It but was also they made it weird, but... They did make it weird, although I will say I think this is one of the only scenes in this episode that really takes a look at any of these characters in a real way. Yeah, this definitely feels just like a... It's a needed scene. Yes. And it's because, like, Connie is too smart to be involved in this joke. So that, I think that's why it's like it's not Bobby. Oh, her dad was <laughs> right into it. <laughs> but Bobby doesn't like he doesn't say why. He's like, yeah. I just want to watch you for a little bit. Oh, and yeah. she's just yeah. like, OK, because if he was like, I have to marry my cousin tomorrow, she'd be like, wait, why? Right. And like she explained yeah. to him that that's <laughs> not what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. She would right. definitely owe her dad five bucks. So, <laughs> so they definitely, uh, they remove Bobby from the last half of this joke. And like, what does he do that grosses her out? Is it just her watch him watching her? I, I guess so. Does because he like press his gut up against this? No, it's <laughs> like, just weird. I mean, like it is, it is, it is a bit, I don't think this, I, I think this is a half baked I think you're probably right. They wanted to put Bobby going in to check in with Connie, but they're like, well, we don't know what we're it is. It's like, like as much he's as Bobby, like, oh, I forget about how homework is. Yeah, because it's like as much as Connie cares about Bobby and like, you know, loves him. She's a scholar and she's a genius, and she's like, I, she's like, Bobby, I can't hang out with you right now. Like, I'm mm-hmm. doing homework, and then Bobby just asks to watch her, which is a creepy thing without yeah. any context. But like, like yeah. but she says it's cool, and she does it, and she kind of looks over, and she's like, Ugh. yeah, because maybe he starts like crying. That's what I'm like, asking. Yeah. Is like, what was he doing off screen? You know, oh, I wish I we mean, just had those deleted scenes because oh, you know this. Oh <laughs> but you know what? I'm very happy they didn't. You know what? Also, don't buy the Lord of the Rings 4K unless if you want to see a single deleted scene because there's not even a commentary on there. Nothing. I thought it's extended. No, yeah, there's nine discs, two each for the extended and single for the uh, theatrical. I remember that, like, okay, a little bit of a tangent. I'll make it quick. I used to have those DVDs in my room, and I would just cycle through kind of weekly. Like, I just watched that Still show. Still got them. I kind of want to watch the special features. Yeah, I, I got, the, I got the the, the steel, There's this steel one book. guy on the special oh, features. Steelbook, Blu-ray, blue DVDs. Uh, Reggie DVDs. Okay, Reggie. Continue, Dustin. There's just this one guy that when you watch the special features, it's the people in New Zealand who do all of the special effects and like the the costume creation, and they're called the Weta Workshop. Weta. Oh, I thought it was Weta. 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 Weta Workshop. Weta Workshop. They're called the Weta Workshop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I just have shouts out any Kiwis. They says have that guy's voice saying Weta Workshop like stuck in my fucking head. Are you sure it wasn't Peter Jackson? No, I, it wasn't. It's this one dude, and you'll know I, who I'm talking about. If I remember know. watching that because yeah. they're like, we set a Guinness Book of World Records for most prosthetic foot ever made because they made so many <laughs> Hobbit <laughs> feet. <laughs> yeah. So he he's he's a he's a he's a very intelligent man, but I just got his voice burned into my skull of him saying Weta Workshop. I actually emailed. <laughs> Warner Brothers and I was like yo I think my DVD or my my 4K blue DVDs are broken uh, because they don't include any special features and the woman emailed me back and she was like oh sorry they're broken what's your address we'll send you a free set what (laughs) did you also get free Doritos no (laughs) that was another time 
You should just okay. Anybody listening, email companies. Say things don't work, and you will get free stuff. Yeah, it's a fact. But you got to be nice about mm-hmm. it. But now we find ourselves at the title scene of this episode. We are at the wedding of Bobby Hill. Man, man, it's finally happening. Bobby Hillbilly is marrying Hibbly cousin. <laughs> oh, you owe me five dollars. <laughs> In your face. Favorite line of the whole it's episode. so it's so funny and like the whole scene is hilarious like half of the chairs are matching half of them aren't they're just like lawn chairs yeah. camping chairs everything's out there the, it's a hillbilly wedding the three guests are peggy nancy john redcorn they're not even setting together like they're like no. sporadic it makes the... it look a lot more full <laughs> exactly we've got dale on his keyboard with the big speaker in front of it and bill yeah and bill's bill, <laughs> and bill's the minister and they do the wedding, and which maybe my most shocking part about this whole episode was how good Bill was at being a minister. Like he was acting like Can very I well. Can I take us on a tangent? We got time. Um, I uh, <laughs> am not a very. Uh, <laughs> I'm not ordained. Oh yes, <laughs> but I have married people. Before. <laughs> uh, Are and- they still together? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> That has nothing to do with me. It's everything to do with a half-ass wedding. <laughs> I will no. I'll, make denim the minister. I will say. I will say. I spent fucking days writing my my speech. Yeah. And and learning how you do it. And I know that that is a hundred percent more time than he put into his vows. That's for fucking sure. I just think for like such the bumbling fool that Bill is. He stepped up. He even kind of looked kind of fitting in his little white collar he had on there and his the minister idea outfit. Of marriage makes him happy, but he, he gets sad when he thinks about his. Mm-hmm. Like, you think he's got that like priest outfit, or did somebody? Uh, it to him? I hope somebody bought that for him. <laughs> I, I don't want him to have that. I, well, I mean, he's an ordained minister. He's not. <laughs> well, when I I will say though, when I was done that, like, because it was also kind of like. To tell, like, because they were legally married before, but then she felt bad her family wasn't involved. So they asked me to, like, pretend to be. And so, like, I put it on and pretended I was. And then uh, I did it in what front did... of the whole family. And afterwards, her uncle, who was a, who is a marriage licensee, like, like, guarant- like, like that's his job. Oh, heaven forbid he was they like, don't ask that guy. He was like, he came up to me, he's just like... He's like, how long have you been ordained for? Like, that was really good. <laughs> so, what what did you wear while you were marrying those people? Uh, I those sad, sad people. They're happy now. They're happy now. <laughs> well, one of them is. Um, I uh, I had a I just had like a like a button up like floral shirt and like pants. Like I didn't I didn't it wasn't a Christian thing. I didn't pretend it was Christian. Oh, okay, you just like, had like just a decent dress wear on. Yeah. You yeah. weren't wearing the neck piece. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I did I wasn't it was there was no god involved. There's no right. There was no god involved. It was just the marriage is what brings us together. Today. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, we're still at the wedding of Bobby Hill and it is a hilarious scene because like he's sweating profusely and he's got his little like short dress pants on and like he can't like when Bill asks him if he does, he can't get any words out. He just kind of like grunts and chokes on his like breathing. And Hank's like, "Sounds like an I do to me." And Luann <laughs> kisses him on the forehead, and Bobby's like, "I gotta go lie down." And he's just face down in the lawn, <laughs> hyperventilating, <laughs> while John Redcorn and Nancy are dancing to Dale's player piano. That's amore. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. you just hear it in the background. 
I love it. I love the like the rendition of That's Amore. I love this one. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's great. Dale Dale's a wizard on the keys. And then they don't like Hank and Peggy, they don't get they don't let Luann get away with anything because at the end of the scene they're like because Luann's, oh, it worked, you know, like, we really taught Bobby a lesson. They're like, oh, sorry, Luann, we just found out Bill's actually an ordained minister. Mm. And now the joke is spun on Luann again for, like, the fifth time, and now she's married to her 12-year-old cousin. And, and so, of course, the next thing that she has to do is set the terms of their marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I think, actually, sorry, I should I should stop myself. She tries to divorce him, but she... she I'll say him. Yeah. <laughs> You have to wait a year. Those are the rules. To patch yeah. it up. <laughs> I'm like, I don't look into it. I don't think that's true. Uh, it's, I don't, I don't uh, think it's fucking true. minute ago. I don't want to get into it, but we've, we've gotten into it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But Maybe we'll get into it. Luann's like... 12-year-olds roll out. We're yeah, supposed okay. to be like, <laughs> Okay, okay. I think, I think spousal abuse is the least of their concerns. <laughs> like... <laughs> Fucking like Luann's like terms. She's yeah. I can date whoever I want. You can see Connie maybe on weekends, but nobody sees you. Actually, wait, I changed my mind. You can't see Connie. <laughs> Just a yeah. But I can see whoever I want. Yeah, <laughs> can't even. See she doesn't Connie. want to be embarrassed that sort of her husband's um, running around. I think she just wants to spite him. <laughs> and like they come outside and. Bill just cannot deal with anyone being happy. Well, I like that we're full circle back to him staring at Bobby. Why (laughs) does he get everything I want? Yeah, because this is like exactly like um, the last episode. Or was it the last episode? It's when Dale or... No, when Hank has like Peggy and... Uh, men and oh, he's going back wise. and forth yeah. and oh, and, yeah, yeah. and Dale and I thought you know it was Bobby. Yeah. oh no sorry he went with, and he's just like why it's like he's got two wives which I don't think is fair when some of us don't have the one <laughs> yeah I feel like that kind of started the boil and now he's reached his tipping point yeah. mm-hmm. where he... the theme is he's lonely <laughs> <laughs> if it's not clear this will make it clear look at the happy newlyweds <laughs> how come they get to be married when I never do why do they get to be so happy? It's not fair. It's not fair. It's, it's a fake. It's it's all a fake. I'm not a minister. Dale used a self-playing piano. It's all a great... It's a great big fake is what it is. <gasps> Dale's flight reflex kicks in. He just runs. He drops his beer and he runs. Like, what does he have waiting for him? Oh, we're down to the pilly. We're down to the pillies. And it, it feels like it's not a... I mean, maybe it is rushed. It doesn't really feel rushed, but looking at it, it's like, man, they really left that climax scene to the last minute on this one mm-hmm. uh, because that really is what kind of puts this King of the Hill universe back to normal because everybody understands it was all mm-hmm. a and, fake. Well, like, because while as this is going on, Hank and Peggy are in their bedroom and they're, like, taking off their dress clothes and they're like, that was some damn fine parenting. Like, mm-hmm. we did a really good job there. And then... Luann and Bobby come busting into the room and they're like, you know, they tell us everything or tell them everything that happens and that, that Bill told them that they aren't actually married. Yeah. And it's like... did Wait, before you get into some actual commentary on this, did you catch that line that what Peggy cares about in the entire... Oh, the, the, play, the placemats? <laughs> that chief says Bobby and I aren't really married. I'm still keeping those placemats he gave us. Placemats? That's it? Well, he's one of your best friends. 
he's one of your best friends. No, he's not, Bill. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> I didn't even catch yeah, that. Well, he's one of your best friends. He's one of Hank's best friends. Oh, is, is that is, what she is, is what she means. Oh, okay, I thought she was referring to Luann. I... She kind of like turns to Hank and so she's like. his best friend's niece, I guess. But, but he's also his, his best friend's son. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I thought that she, I thought she was referring to. But like, who's Peggy? I'll get your son something real nice <laughs> for his wedding. Well, fucking why is who? Imagine like, that. That might happen in like fucking thirty-five years, forty. Oh years. shit, we're almost forty, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're barely thirty. Relax. <laughs> yeah, don't age me, Miles. Mm. Um, yeah, and we have ourselves, or we find ourselves at the final scene of the episode. And so we see the final scene of Luann and Bobby, and they're and they're eating their wedding cake, and they're starting to be kind of, you know, playful with each other because it was all a joke, and they're kind of feeling apologetic. And Luann's asked if you want some milk. milk? And, <laughs> Bob, <laughs> I do. And so it's kind of cute, and then they, they can they start to like uh, unload some of their. They have some nice words for each yeah, other. I'm he's glad like, we're not married anymore. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> They're like, but if I was, you know, there's there's worse choices. Yeah, she's, I could do worse, which yeah. I mean, like, sure. I mean, anybody could. In a creepy, weird, roundabout way. It's a nice yeah. <laughs> compliment to Bobby. And uh, and so they just kind of end the scene off just kind of confessing some of the pranks that they did to each other. They haven't tripped yet. Exactly. Like, like Luann, don't go in your laundry unless you like snakes. And then... Uh, Oh, don't use your mouthwash around an open flame, all right? I'll try not to. <laughs> oh, um, you might want to stop drinking that milk. <laughs> uh, but that, that really does just bring us to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens at the end of the episode. It, it brings us to our final thoughts. Oh, well, I can go last unless you guys want me to go first. But I will not go in the middle. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Smoking Dart, back from the editing room, just to say thank you for sticking with this episode this long. It is uh, it's a crackly one. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it, and we just wanted to put in one more disclaimer uh, right here, because our final thought segment, we did notice that it was quite crackly and poppy and uh, quite consistent throughout, so uh, just forewarning for that. And yeah, we've just spent... Uh the entire night. <laughs> yeah, re-sorting all our audio and uh, making everything, testing it out, and <laughs> there's still some hiccups. <laughs> but uh, I think for future episodes, it'll be a lot better. Fingers crossed. I think we got a winning combination. And back to the guys in the clubhouse for their final thoughts. So I'm starting this round of final thoughts, and this may be the most perplexing episode I've ever had to try and round up in the ones that we've covered so far because it was maybe the king of one-liners like some of the more like laugh out loud moments i've ever seen well in the whole time these were going on the storyline was severely flawed and we saw just things happen in the king of the hill universe that don't normally happen now matthew mcconaughey and rat the was hands down well I shouldn't say hands down it's between him and leon petard my two favorite one-off characters we've ever seen but he did such a good job and he was so funny and like Khan's line was hilarious but Hank turning into this I don't know it like the 
the laws of right and wrong kind of got skewed, I feel, in, in Hank's world this episode. And, like, the treatment of Bobby was, like, funny at first and then just kind of skewed and weird, making him marry his cousin and, like, you know, but also, like, it's so unrealistic to have this, like, faux wedding in his front yard with Bill as a minister and just, I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about this episode. I feel like Rad and the one-liners kind of redeemed it a bit for me, but it's still, I don't know. It's a very middle-of-the-pack episode, but I don't know. I, I think the jury's still out. I don't I don't really know. Fair enough. And I mean, I I don't really know exactly how I feel about the episode either. I do know that uh, A, music was good. I really like the way that they... Like, every time that we look into Boomhauer's life, I enjoy it. It's always, like, a pleasant time. I don't want to say that's exactly how I want to live, but I do want to incorporate the, some of Boomhauer's life into mine. The 25 seconds we saw him <laughs> in this episode. Yes, exactly. And so... To me, honestly, like, yeah, I think I said the music was good, uh, but it felt to me like two different episodes in one. Like, like the first half didn't really, like, call for the second half, and the second half didn't really relate to the first half, other than they were feuding over uh, Rad. But other than that, like you said, it's got some good one-liners. Uh, I, I was pretty engaged in watching it, and I mean, like, I, I often complain that there isn't enough Bobby or Luann. I feel like... Uh, they, I mean, maybe they could, maybe they couldn't have been stronger, but uh, I'm happy that they're at least the focal point of an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess like really the the final takeaway is just like don't meet girls on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a bit hard nowadays. I guess. I mean, I met my girlfriend on the internet. So, <laughs> so yeah, don't meet girls on the internet. Uh, and so for that, I'll give uh, this episode uh, $1 a day for myself, and I'll give it my first cousin second removed. <laughs> okay. I, uh, yeah, I don't like this episode. Uh, it has a joke a minute, and I laughed my ass off, and I love Rad But I will say, when I noticed The Simpsons started to suck was, was episodes similar, written similarly to this, and it was because the first commercial break, sorry, the, the first act, and then it's resolved early in the second act to lead into what the episode's really about. The episode's entitled The Wedding of Bobby Hill. Rad has nothing to do with that. Stripping everything away from this episode, what is happening here is the the the, the story drives the characters more than the characters drive the story, which is all 48 other episodes, pretty much the characters drive the story. In this, Hank is not the Hank we know. Bobby ain't barely the Bobby we know. Like Luann especially is like she just changes to be smart and savvy with pranking in the she's, middle of it. She's Luann up until her and Rad break up. Exactly. To serve the story. She's not so it's not nothing plays off of how we know these characters or what we like about or what I like about the show. So I, I and like I laugh my ass off. This episode's hilarious. It has funny bits. But those don't redeem it as a good story. Um, yeah, like I, it is like it's all a fake, and they, and it just like even that just adds to all of it not being cohesive in a story. Like yeah, like you'd see The Simpsons where they'll advertise like 
oh, this is the episode where Homer smokes weed, and then like you watch the episode and he does it for like five minutes at the start, and then the episode changes into something else, and it's like, it's just like, oh man, like you're just you just have a tagline to put into a the wedding of Bobby Hill. You just have the wedding of Bobby Hill. You want to put in an advertisement. He's ma- hillbilly marrying his cousin. That's an episode you guys all wanted to see, right? We so got, we they, got five minutes of material, though. And, yeah, <laughs> and we got McConaughey, and he's coming in for. He's only going to read twenty lines. He's, he's not going to be the minister. He's, he's not, gonna, not the minister. It's like he's even, hilarious uh, if he was. Yeah, like and <laughs> he like runs away with Luann. And when you were saying about uh, about uh, your favorite um, uh, guest character, mine would be um, Thatherton. Uh, because Thatherton's used properly. He says probably le- less. But he's a reoccurring character. But only once is he written, voiced by uh, Burt Reynolds, correct? Right. So either way, he says less than Rad does, but they spread it out. And they use him sparingly, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it has a lasting impact. He is a recurring character, but even in just that episode alone, it's like a recurring character, and the bit is understandable, and the episode's cohesive. Mm-hmm. And this one, I like. It's like it's just too much of what these shows fall victim to. And do you yeah. think this is the first taste? Or are we gonna see like, and it's gonna be more like this? Spoilers! Or? I know where the show goes. Okay, yeah. Stop. <laughs> don't, don't answer. Don't answer. I'm sure, Mr. Collier, you did your best on writing. I'm sure other people put their fingers in it. But uh, well, I mean, again, I'm sure it's all because it's like okay, because I mean, it's not his idea. They have a writer's room idea of like, oh, here, let's make the wedding of Bobby Hill. It's like, how do we do that? It's like, okay, we got McConaughey. Let's shove him in. You get this episode. Take it. Mm. You've done one others before. Thank you. Do this. So, I don't know. Well, I still think that it's worth a watch to understand. But uh, on that note, thank you all for your final thoughts. Thank you at home for listening. And this clubhouse is rounded up. So let's adjourn this meeting. Take us out. With a one final round table. We're Tanya. Hey now. Cindy and Scott are newlyweds. He loves her, but she loves this guy right here. And he loves somebody else. You just can't win. And so it goes until the day you die. This thing they call love is gonna make you cry. I hate you. I've had the blues, the reds, and the pinks. One thing's for sure. Love stinks? Love stinks! Want to hear more Order of the Straight Arrow? Join the conversation on Twitter at Utsakothpod or follow us on Instagram at Utsakothpod or look for us on Facebook at Order of the Straight Arrow, a King of the Hill podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at Utsakothpod at gmail.com. Please, no hate mail. Hey, what's your crying for, boy? It's a good show. This is a damn good show. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and in no way reflect the views and opinions of Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, or Fox Studios. The external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the Order of the Straight Arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners. Please don't sue us.